Do you have a story to tell? Here at Rider on the Road, it's the journey that matters. Regardless of where you are on your riding journey, Rider on the Road will inspire you to take your dreams and make them happen. So sit back and enjoy the show as Melinda brings you guests who know what it's like to go it alone and who are willing to reach out to the rest of us by sharing their stories. Authors, publishers, entrepreneurs, people at all stages of the riding journey, just like you and me. It's time, dear listeners, to answer the question for yourselves. Do you have a story to tell? Welcome to another episode of Writer on the Road. Today we're crossing the, I think they call it crossing the paddock to New Zealand and we have the beautiful Leanna Morgan with us. Welcome Leanna. Thank you, it's good to be here. Now I know Leanna that we've got an awful lot of us um, waiting to pick your brain and they're relying on me to ask the right questions um, but I'm afraid I'm going to have to rely on you to, to give me the right answers because I got hooked on reading your book last night and that's as far as I got as far as research went. So Leanna would you like to share with our guests uh, I guess whereabouts you are in your writing journey uh, at this stage and it's two years in I believe. Yes, I've been writing, I've published, self-published for about three and a half years, so the time has gone fast. And I published my first book in April of 2015, 14, 14. Um, and so I was really new to self-publishing. In, in, in January of that year, I knew absolutely nothing about self-publishing. So in three months, I learned the basics and had a very good friend, um, another fellow New Zealand writer called Diana Fraser. And Diana showed me uh, the ropes and how to format books. And, and I, I, just, I, I published my first book in April of that year and haven't stopped. So I've got about 19 books um, published and I'm a USA Today bestselling author. And um, I love what I'm doing. I was able to resign from my full-time role in September of last year at the Carpety Library. I was the Libraries and Arts Manager and I write full-time. Yeah, and that I guess that is the the very, I guess, modest view of your career to date. Uh, I read somewhere that you sell over 300 books a day and it could be even more now. Mm, that's right. So um, on average, probably about 300 books a day. And, and each day I, I probably uh, give away as uh, free books, probably another thousand books a day. So um, when I when I do a promotion, um, I mean a lot of your um, listeners will be familiar with BookBub, and uh, it's an advertising site. So it's not unusual if I have a BookBub um, ad to uh, have about seventy thousand downloads over two or three days. So. It's pretty amazing. Power of the internet. <laughs> and and everybody, I am just so excited to be talking to Leanna today because uh, every one of us is in that situation where we're writing away, we're struggling to get published. Now, the first thing, Leanna, I want to I talk to you about and unpack that little statement is that you learnt the process or you learnt the basics in three months. Now, Everybody makes it out to be really tough. Everyone makes it out that, you know, you've got to buy all these courses and you've got to do this, that and the other. You learnt the basics by yourself with a friend in three months and three years later you've got 70,000 free downloads a day plus you're selling 300 books a day. Take us back to those first three months. How daunting was it? 
I think there's a lot of power in not knowing what you're actually getting yourself into. So, uh, so you don't really know what you don't know until you don't know it. So, um, I knew that I had at that stage I had two books that I'd finished, and I was uh, completing a third. And um, I what inspired me to self-publish because I'd always had it in the back of my mind that maybe I could do that. And Diana was uh, doing very well self-publishing. And uh, But I thought, well, I might go down the traditional route first. So I had an a- I found an agent in New York, and uh, she was uh, taking my books around the, the traps, so to speak, and uh, taking too long as far as I was concerned. I'm a bit impatient. I couldn't believe how slow things work. And um, so I... Um, I kept with her and we had really good conversations about the books and really positive feedback from the people who were reading the books and the publishing houses. Um, And then um, Judith, my agent, said that she was moving into a digital marketing role instead of being an agent. And I've always been a firm believer in the power of the universe and that sometimes signposts and um, and little messages are sent out to you and you have to have an open heart and an open mind to actually realize what's being said. And so I thought, Leanne, this is a um, opportunity for you to, to do self-publishing. Um, I, I got the rights back to the book that I'd signed with the agency and I decided to self-publish. So um, Diana, I was very lucky, Diana sat down beside me and um, showed me how to format a book because... To be really honest, um, at the beginning, when you've only got one or two or three books, the best thing you can do is keep writing. Put your books online, get them available through uh, if you want to do paperbacks, but really you need to have a backlist of books if you really want to make um, money. Because there's no point someone buying one of your books and thinking, oh, I'd love to buy another book, and there's nothing there for them. So before you start spending heaps of money on advertising or any money on advertising, just write more books. Uh, So um, within three months, Diana formatted my first book for me, and then she sat down beside me with the second one, and and I formatted it, and she showed me where I was going wrong. And then... um, I, so what I did is I then I concentrated on getting the third book finished, and I did that all myself. I did my covers myself, which in hindsight, oh, it took me a whole weekend to find images, and then another two weekends to do the jolly thing. Um, and I decided that wasn't, you know, after about a year of doing my own covers, I decided that wasn't a good use of my time. So I actually outsourced that. Now it's one of the few things I outsource. And um, so anyway, so in three months, I knew how to format books and I knew how to upload them to Amazon and I use Smashwords as an aggregate distributor so that I don't have to, from New Zealand, um, we don't have access to, direct access to some sites that an American author might. So um, it makes much more sense for me to use a company like Smashwords and then I've only got two files that I need to format each book for. Um, so I had um, what I did for the first um, two books when they went up. They went up within a few weeks of each other onto Amazon only. So I used um, KDP Select and tried out their Amazon only publishing um, wing for the three months that I was required to be with with them for, and. 
Then when I published, I purposely held off book three until that, that first three-month period was over with Amazon, and then I went wide with all three books. So the, so I loaded all three books onto Smashwords at that stage, and within a week I doubled my sales. So for me, um, it made sense to go wide with my distribution of my books. So these were little learning things I was learning in my infancy of self-publishing. Um, so for me, going wide doubled my sales, and I haven't looked back since. For some authors, they, they find great success in just staying with Amazon, and, um, and that works for them. Now, everybody, I have been really rude. I'm talking to Leanna here, but I'm madly scribbling, scribbling down notes. Even in the first five minutes, um, Leanne, you've given us so many things that we can use. Uh, everyone, you've just had a mini crash course in how how to publish uh, your first books and, and get a bit of momentum going. Uh, I've written down as much as I can, so I hope you've got your pen and paper too, everybody. Uh, really, really interesting, going wide was when you kicked off. Um, have you found that that's continued over, over time, that going wide has been far more productively, uh, productive for you than, than sticking with Amazon? The only way that I could give you an answer to that is if I went back to just going back to Amazon as the, a select author. Um, I, I don't want to do that. I find that the sales through Amazon can fluctuate quite a lot, whereas um, going, um, and I say that uh, usually within two months after publishing a book, you, you kind of get like a, a curve in sales. So the first, um, when a book's first published, um, sales are high, and then about two months after that book has come out, sales have gone down again, and then as a new book comes out, the sales go back up again. That happens um, dramatically on Amazon. Via Smashwords, and, and, and Smashwords distribute to companies like iBooks, Barnes & Noble, Nook, and huge range of other places, I don't get that same swing in sales. It's very steady. Um, it goes up and then it, um, it generally stays up. Um, you do get a little bit of a dip. Uh, readers tend to like a new book every three months at the most. Um, but uh, my sales are more static there, so I like that. I like to know, uh, you know what my sales are doing. So I'm a bit dubious about going back to Amazon only because I have had such great success by going wide. Readers like a new book every three months. Um, I'm writing that down, everyone. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, Leanna started the conversation with me before we started recording. Uh, you said, Leanna, that you don't – I I couldn't find much about you when I was researching for this interview and I got sidetracked by your book anyway. Uh, but you keep very private and you keep very low-key because writing is your priority. How long does it take you to write a book now? Um. If I'm being really good, I can do about 2,000 words a day. So that's probably um, two months. Uh, well, no, probably a month and a half I can have a book finished. Um, and then it's the editing stage. So um, that can take another couple of weeks, two to three weeks for the editing. And um, so it's, it's not too long a process. Um, school holidays are just about to hit in New Zealand. So my writing, my amount of writing per day will go down, but, but that's another interesting aspect of my decision to be a full-time writer because 
Um, my children are 17 and 13 now, and one of the reasons I wanted to be a full-time writer was to spend more time with them. So the trade-off for me is that during school holidays or if they've got orthodontic appointments or whatever, I'm here for them. So after three o'clock, I'm here for my children. Um, Mum always told me that when they get into their teen years, they need more of your time than when they were little, and, and she was so right. So um, I want to be there for them. So that's my trade-off. So during school holidays, my uh, writing amount of words I can write goes down <laughs> quite a lot. But I allow for that in my publication dates when I put pre-orders up um, so that I know that my schedule is going to be a little bit behind times. Pre-orders, look, I, I'm not even going to go into talking about daughters because we'd be there forever. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I may come back to it. Uh, pre-orders and scheduling. Now, those two words alone, um, they prick my ears. I go, everyone, we need scheduling. I know I have had Rachel Amphlett on the um, podcast. She's an indie publisher or in, in, in the indie author here in Brisbane. Uh, she has a publishing schedule 18 months out. Now, you have pre-planned what's coming out in the next little while or the next yes. long while? Long while. Um, I've, I've got the protective series that I'm writing at the moment. has got eight books and I'm writing book five in that at the moment. Um, after that, I'm heading to New Zealand because so many of my readers have said, just like you did before, um, why aren't you writing books set in New Zealand? <laughs> they, they find it fascinating that um, uh, a writer from the Kapiti Coast of New Zealand is writing about Bozeman and Montana. So, um, so I am returning to my roots, so to speak. So that will be another series, and that will be at least four books. So that will take me through to probably the end of next year. Now, everyone, again, we're unpacking far more than we've explained here. Uh, let's go back, Liana. You have three series up on uh, on your website at the moment. They're the Protectors, the Brides, and the Billionaires. I'm assuming the Brides are your first series, maybe your Protectors yeah, the are your current the, series. Yeah, the Montana, the Montana Brides are the first ones, and the um, Bridesmaids Club is the second. Emerald Lake Billionaires is a third and The Protectors is a fourth. Yeah. Now, when I went on to choose my book um, to read last night as, as my homework, uh, and then I got sidetracked, as I do, uh, I found that all your books are up there. Like, I think we said the Billionaire series, you're, oh, sorry, the um, Protector series, you're up to book five. Now, I saw eight books up on Amazon. So you've got them all pre-ordered pre dates set, have you? Um, the um, Amazon have got Coming Home, which is the, the book I'm writing now as a pre-order. Um, with Amazon, of course, you can only put pre-orders on for three months in advance. And so I own, I'm very careful when I put books on Amazon as a pre-order because if you don't meet your deadline, they won't let you put another pre-order on for another 12 months. Whereas um, Smashwords, um, they allow pre-orders for up to a year in advance. So that's why you would have seen through um, iBooks and uh, Nook, Kobo and all their other sites that they sell to, um, you would have seen all of the books most of the books in the Protector series already up. So um, in, a, in another week or two, I'm going to be doing the, the blurb for the eighth book in that series. And then when I go, I'm, leave, I'm going to Orlando for the Romance Writers of America conference in a couple of weeks. It'll be great. 
Um, so when I get back from that, um, I'll ask my cover designer, Stephen Novak in the States, to do the covers for my New Zealand series. And then I will do the blurbs for each of those and uh, put most of those up as pre-orders. And remember, everybody, Leanna does this all herself. I'm exhausted talking to you. So you know what these books are about already? You have a rough sketch? You have you have them planned? Or how does that work? I usually have the next four books uh, planned. I know the characters because all of my books are interrelated. Even though there's four separate series, the characters that you will find um, – for instance, the characters in the book I'm writing now, what the hero was actually in the very first book I wrote, um, Forever Dreams, so 19 books ago. And he's popped up at different times throughout the books. And um, Mia, who's the um, heroine, she was, first um, appeared in The Bridesmaids Club, which is like seven or eight books back. So... Um, if readers have started from the beginning and read through or if they've, they've come in halfway through a series or wherever, um, they'll recognise the characters. So, so the characteristics of that person and their history have already been planted in the stories. So I know those characters. And so they're just saying, pick me, pick me, write my story. <laughs> and it's funny, um, Leanna and I have known each other for a whole of, what, 20 minutes now. Yes. And the one book that I read, uh, the third one in the Billionaire series, was about Holly and Daniel. Now, um, Leanna's already told me that you're writing about um, Daniel in the Protector series now, but also Mia, who you've just mentioned, I know her straight away because she's an artist in the book that That's I'm right. reading. And I'm That's going, right. how I feel really quite chuffed. I'm going, oh, I know that character. Oh, I'll have to buy that one now. So as a marketing strategy, that is hugely effective because I, I now want to read those other ones as well. It is, but the only problem is, is that readers, uh, I, I purposely plant some characters in my books that have got really weird names because I don't want to write a story about them and I know someone's going to ask me. And sure enough, I had a character and I think I'd called him Barry or something like that. Not that I've got anything against the name Barry, but it's not your typical hero name. And everyone, I had three people ask me, can, can you, are you going to write Barry's story? And um, no, Barry will, he'll be one of the people that probably won't have a story, but he's got two sweet little children. So um, he could be, who knows? But yeah, it's interesting. I picture, I picture this big wall um, behind you somewhere with all your uh, brainstorming where all your stories go. This could expand to be a Great Wall of China. Um, you, have, <laughs> you have links going off everywhere. Uh, keeping track. What Have you got any tips for the rest of us who are just starting out to, to keep track of our characters and when they, they um, turn up in new novels and things? Because you'd have to be fairly careful because your readers would be fairly, I guess, fairly exacting. They'd want you to get it right. Yes. They do, and they know when I don't. <laughs> I try very hard to get it right. Um, uh, a lot of it's in my head, um, but as I've gone through, I've had to. I know more. I know. I know the the genealogical history of my characters better than I know my own family, which is a really sad state of affairs. I have a spreadsheet that I um, I should write all my characters down as I write them, but um, the way my brain works, I just keep writing and then halfway through the book realise I haven't added characters to my spreadsheet. And, um, and 
that helps me keep track. If I've said someone's got green eyes and then they they won't suddenly turn blue later in the book, um, or uh, the height um, of the person, you know, when someone might reach up up to give them a hug, well, they're not going to reach up to give someone a hug if they're six foot four and the other person's six foot four. So, so that helps. Um, but I've only just started doing that, and up until two books ago, so 17 books worth of characters, I hadn't done that. But um, thankfully, uh, a lady um, called Penny, who edits my books in the States, she looks for Americanisms. As part of her editing process, she does a brief little summary of all the characters and all the places that I've named in my book as she's going through and editing. And so I can lift that information out for previous books and put it in my spreadsheet. Yeah. Now, everyone, if you're listening, I hope you're taking notes, as, as I was saying before, because these things don't just happen. It's so easy for for things to creep in and especially when you've got 19 books um, happening and you've got your protectors, your brides and your billionaires, you don't want to get them muddled up. Now we talked a little bit about editing but we didn't go into it much uh, earlier on. You have an editor in New Zealand? I have um, three people who, who edit my books. My first person is my mum. So um, mum reads my books as a reader, and she's a real doctor I cross the T type of person. So I need that because I'm not, and I'm an ABCZ person, so I just leap to the end. And so mum goes through and she picks up um, any... Any speech that sounds a bit stilted or if, if a sentence is too long or um, if I've suddenly called a char- um, named a character something different than what they were in the beginning of the book, <laughs> which has happened, um, or got characters mixed up, which has happened. So she does the first, the first run through. After I've done my Grammarly check, I use Grammarly to check things it's a software program um she does that and then that goes to my friend Ellie who um uh has trained as a editor and she more looks at my sentence structure and um because to be really honest I don't know what pronouns and adjectives and I get very mixed up so I just write and so Ellie does that for me and I've learned a lot from her so now when she's editing a book, there's there's not many changes that need to be made because I've I've picked up what I should be doing as far as grammatical stru- sentence structure and grammar, and then I make all the changes again to the the manuscript, and then that goes to the states to Penny, and she looks for um, Americanisms and phrasing that might not be consistent with how someone from Montana would speak. And um, and that works really well. And she also picks up other little things that she queries, and um, it works really well. Yeah, and it saves that because I know there's structural edits, copy edits, and line edits. But between what four of you, you've got that yes. pretty well covered, haven't you? We have, and um, and what makes it really good is that. Um, because because Mum has helped me with my from my first book, um, and Ellie has helped me for probably eight or nine books. Um, we've got a bit of a flow going. They they know my style of writing, so their objective, they've told me, isn't to change my my style, but to actually just make sure that it's tight and and, and works well with the story. 
Yeah, and you pay your editors very well, I know, because um, you and your mum went for a trip to Montana. Yes, so mum paid for herself. Oh. Mum's very independent. She's 73 soon. Um, no, she won't let me pay for a cent. So, um, you know, she paid for herself. We did last September, mum and I went to Montana and we stayed in Bozeman for about 10 days. And that was my first time over to um, Bozeman or to Montana. So, I don't feel like a fraud now. I felt a bit of a fake before because I was writing about a place I'd never been to. So um, so that was wonderful. Yeah, and it's interesting, everyone. When we read your books, it's like you've been there. Now, is it because you, you're a librarian and you know very well how to research or is it because we've got um, such great technology now that you can actually, um, I guess, travel there via a screen um but to willingly and knowingly set your books in america i believe it wasn't a monetary decision i believe it was just your characters that took you there it was it was gracie in the first book forever dreams um i had this because she was one of my first characters i didn't have any backstory for her she hadn't appeared anywhere so she appeared in my brain and so i started asking her questions and she needed to find her dad and i said well you know where is he? And and um, I opened a map of the world, and my eyes went straight to the states. And um, I knew that I um, I wanted to set a book in the states at some stage, um, and that was a pure marketing um, thing that I wanted to do. And then I said, "Well, where do you need to go?" And and my eye first went straight to Bozeman, and um, so we. I had a look. I didn't know where Montana was or what was in Bozeman, so I had a little look on the internet, and it was a great place to set a book because it's uh, got a very, it's sort of like a gateway to the Yellowstone National Park, it's got a, a huge art industry, it's very big on tourism, it's very big on um, eco-environment and sustainable living, most amazing organic food I've seen anywhere in the world is in Bozeman, um, and it's got a big IT and um uh, sector and it's got the Montana State University so um, the size is comparable to the Carpety Coast where I live uh, population wise not geographically it's huge but population wise so it, it kind of suited us so that's where we stayed. And and that would have given you lots of ideas because even as you're listing those things I could imagine that would really create some story ideas and character ideas for you. It's huge and um, you know I've got uh, what I my goal as a writer is to always bring something new to my reader. So I don't want them to get bored with the same storyline, just with different characters' names. So um, you know, I've been able to have doctors and accountants and fraud investigations and all kinds of things. You know, mountain rescue people uh, or search and rescue. Um, all kinds of people have, have been, of characters, have been able to come through the stories. How amazing is that, everyone? That That is a gorgeous story. Do you have any farmers? Yes, I've got a rancher. In fact, the first book, um, Forever Dreams, uh, the, the hero is a rancher. And, and then further down the track, there's another couple sneaking in that are related to him. So, um, you know, it's a few of those. Yeah. Now, everybody, I think you've just had a really good tip on not only how to write a novel, but how to market a novel. Because um, I have heard again, I think we talked about it earlier, that um, people don't like to read books set in Australia, or Americans don't like to set books in Australia as much as 
um, book set in America. And that probably had a fair bit to do with your initial amazing success maybe um, other than the fact that you're a brilliant writer uh, that will allow you to move to New Zealand I should imagine because you've already got that following mm, that's right and I think um, because people enjoy the tone and the flow of my stories I, I think I could probably write a book set it anywhere in the world as long as I got the, the cultural uh, the cultural differences right I think it would work so New Zealand's our next stop yeah, and how exciting. Now, look, I know you've got to go, um, so I wanted to very quickly talk about your self-publishing course. Would you recommend that uh, the writers that come to you, that they set their books in America, or do you not even worry about that? Is it purely a self-publisher on once they've written their story, how to publish the thing? Um, I think people should write what they want to write. Um, at our self-publishing classes, we get people that write non-fiction, that, uh, poets, um, we've got people who are doing family histories. We've got people who are doing cookbooks um, with recipes of all the women from different generations in their books. So um, I think people should just write what they want. If they've got a story to tell, just tell it. Um, I, I think that uh, there's different ways of marketing books. And I think if your, if your um, biggest market is going to be America, if that's where you want to sell your books, um, then if you're going to set them in Australia or New Zealand or anywhere else outside of the States, you need to make that part of your branding and your point of difference for that niche market. So if I was writing, if I was starting out and writing books and set in New Zealand, I would make sure that they're branded so that people know that they're set here because that's a point of difference that people will buy books for. Isn't that, isn't that interesting, everyone? And you made it sound so easy, and it makes perfect sense. Um, yeah. You know, we could all find our own Bozeman, if you like, and we could all create our own worlds around it. And I know some of the best indie authors do that, um, Bella Andre and, and people like that, yeah. they do that as well. Um, all right, now you've been really good. You've been um, giving us so many generous tips and things. And everybody, I've got to let her go and I don't want to, but she's got to go and pick her son up from bowling, I believe. Um, so we can't argue with children. <laughs> Is there anything that you that you've learned over your 19 books uh, and your indie I guess, huge indie success that he's going to keep on rolling on, I'm sure. Is there anything that you would um, recommend that our that our new writers setting out would do right from the very beginning that you didn't know when you started? Have your books edited. <laughs> um, that would be a really good start right from the beginning. Um, what would I do? I would... Um, what I say in our self-publishing classes at the library, what we do at the library is we run a three-hour introduction to self-publishing. And then we have about 10 modules, which are almost one-on-one, -on -one, um, one, one, one staff member to three people, that go through the marketing and branding and um, uploading and formatting and things like that. So the one thing that, um, that, I, that I say to authors is that you need... If you want, it depends on your objective, why you're writing. If you're writing for the enjoyment of it and you don't care if you make any money, then just write. You know, still, if you're going to publish it, it needs to be professional. So you need to have a, a good cover. You need to have the document edited. Um, but other than that, 
go for it. Um, if you want to make a living from it or to make some extra money that can pay for whatever, that's a totally different process. You need to think about branding and you need, from the very beginning, from your first book, because you want a consistent look. You want something that your that your readers will identify with. That's Leanna Morgan or whoever. Um, you want to make sure that you're setting your books in uh, an area that sells well and in a genre that sells well. Um, you know, if if you enjoy, uh, I don't know. You make you may make more money in perhaps contemporary romance than you would in science fiction. In fact, you definitely will. So, um, so, so you need to take that into consideration um, and really know your readers and and what's selling. Look at the look at the go to Amazon and look at the top one hundred books in say contemporary romance and look at what's selling and then dig deeper and go down into the subgenres. So, if you're writing about westerns, have a look at the e-books, for instance, um, and look at what's selling. And that will give you an idea of not only the content but the look of the covers and how the author, the name, the author's name on the cover, if that stands out or, or what they've done. That will give you some good ideas. That, I don't want to let you go. You have to come <laughs> back. You have so, you've given us so much today and I can't thank you enough. And right at the start of the day you started talking about publish regularly um, uh, have two or three books and and keep them coming out because your readers want them. Don't even worry about um, marketing until you've got those books behind you. At the other end, we've got the make sure you study Amazon, make sure you study what other writers are doing, make sure that you're in the popular genres. Um, all of us here at Writer on the Road, I know we all want to get really rich and we want to stay at home and write all day and and um, Leanna goes for walks along the beach and we all think that sounds romantic as well. Thank you so much. Um, we wish you all the best. We hope you get up to, what was it, um, another few hundred thousand sales yes. <laughs> um, in the next 12 months and then you can go tripping off to other exotic Lovely. locations. Yeah? That right. lovely. <laughs> and where can, where can we find you? Where can we find your books, Leanna? It's under, you can look on my website on leannamorgan.com and um, there's links there to all the webs, all the different retail sites there. Yeah, and everybody, I'll probably be talking about um, Leanna and her books for a while now because I've got a few more to get through. Uh, I, w I want to get to my um, farmers and my organic fruit and veg and my, all my nice things like that. So it's thank you to Leanna uh, and thank you from another episode on Writer on the Road. Mm -hmm.